the Stephen Knight Show. Hope you're having a great Monday and hopefully it'll get a little bit better for you right now. It is Thanksgiving week and I know y'all can't wait to eat. I can't wait to eat. Uh, it's going to be a good day, hopefully for everyone. Well, listen, tonight we welcome a panel of filmmakers and they're here to discuss the ins and outs, challenges, and uh, rewards of making films. A uh, very diverse group and they will share some some of their stories and some of their advice and I think it's a great conversation especially for aspiring actors and filmmakers out there. Then in Hot Tops we're talking about everything from the sad passing of Kim Porter uh, who passed away last week. Uh, there's a lot of reaction including Diddy and her oldest son Quincy uh, you know, broke their silence over the weekend. Then find out why a 30 year old black guy got arrested in New Orleans. It's a ridiculous reason why he got arrested. Uh, but all that in hot topics. Then, of course, we have movie reviews, sports, fashion, and the best indie music out there. I want to remind you, we're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, and, of course, our official website, thestephenightshow.com. You can check us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play. <laughs> Just go to our website, thestephenightshow.com. When we come back, hot topics, right back after this. Get to your center. Sweet, fat, and fatter, girl. I'm a 
fry them cakes with the cast iron skillet. Oh my 
is too flexing. Hey, yo, peace world. It's the love king of R&B, Raheem Devon, and you're listening to the Stephen Knight Show. Keep it locked right here. Love life. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Thanksgiving week. Miss Parker, how you feeling? Hey, happy Monday. Just ready for this week to be closer to Thanksgiving. <laughs> Glad Monday's over. <laughs> what are you looking forward to uh, eating? Well, first of all, I know you're, you're cooking. Friends giving at your house. You're cooking. You throw down in the kitchen. For anyone that doesn't know that, Miss Parker can definitely cook her butt off. Last year, I got there. That food was so good. What are you looking forward to eating? I think everything. I, you know, my favorite uh, holidays are Halloween and Thanksgiving, and they're back-to-back. So uh-huh. this is pretty um, a, a pretty good time of year for me. And, you know, Thanksgiving for me, the last four years, I volunteer in the morning. And then, yeah. Um, last year, I have um, I usually spend it with friends at other Friendsgivings, but... Last year I decided to have my own, and this year I'm, you know, I'm having, I'm having it again, and I'm looking forward to just having people over. We have so much fun. I like Thanksgiving just because it's not a gift thing, right? It's right. Just like people getting together, being grateful for each other, loving each other, eating well, drinking well, laughing, having a good time. Um, I think that for me, that's the part that I'm looking forward to. Yes, the food is awesome, and you know, you get to eat as many plates as you want all day long. <laughs> Um, that's great all weekend long, but just being able to have people in your home or be around people, um, it, it's just a joyous holiday for me. It, it's just, I've never had a bad holiday, uh, Thanksgiving, even when I was, you know, going to a friend's house and food and laughter and, and the, the idea of being grateful, I think always resonate. On the yeah, day. absolutely. Um, yeah. And you talked about, um, uh, volunteering, I volunteered with you last year, and we're doing it again this year. But over the weekend, we were able to partner with our one of our favorite organizations, Love Beyond Walls. Tell us about that event that we did this weekend. Yeah, Love Beyond Walls. We've um, donated. Thank you guys a few times to them. They were one of our Christmas giveaway about four years ago. Um, it's, it's the the founder, um, Terrence Lester. Um, he was a gentleman who went he went viral because he when he first started the organization. He actually slept in the park with homeless people for, I believe, two or Thir- three months. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, that. Mm-hmm. Two or three months. And then when I found out about him was a little bit after that, he was raising money. But what he did that time was he walked from here to D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, to raise money. And then he, have, like I said, slept in the park. He's done a number of these things to bring uh, awareness to homelessness. And his big goal is that people... Um, you know, when you get, when you pass a homeless person, that you show them some dignity, right? That being poor is not a crime. Um, these are people just like you and I, they're, they, they deserve to be spoken to this, you know, if you have time to have a conversation with them, don't treat them, you know, like they're, uh, some kind of like scared animal, like, you know, some people across the street don't want to walk by them. Yeah. So it, it brings the community, uh, together with the homeless community where we can all interact with him. Um, and he does this once a month um, where he, where he bring the community together to interact and help out where, where they can last year, uh, last month when I went to the, the, the um, outing did fed the homeless, or we fed the homeless, clothed them um, with some donations and they just sat around and talked to them for hours. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so anyway, so that's that's the that's the the gist of the organization. But you know, they're involved in the community in all kinds of ways. They have a center in East Point where the homeless can go and pick up supplies, and and not just homeless, poor people. He has mm-hmm. documentary that's doing really well. I believe it's going to be on Amazon Prime. 
So when it does, I will make sure to um, post that. Yeah, please um, do. But uh, an amazing documentary that I watched, and, and it was it was really well done. And he just does a really him and his his wife and his team does a really great job in the community. They do. Um, the poverty and poor people <clears throat> and homelessness is not a crime. But this time, this Saturday when you and I went. It was their holiday Thanksgiving, Hope for Thanksgiving program. Mm-hmm. Um, there was clothes, food, turkey giveaway, food. They gave away bags of um, bags of, 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 of side dishes, uh, canned stuff, dry food, and then also a, a turkey. And people can come there and get and find, you know, if they need gloves. And these were not homeless people. These no. just, they did this mm-hmm. in a community where it was people who were just low income and, you know, probably struggling, couldn't probably couldn't get a turkey or couldn't get all the, the fixing that they needed. They came by and get and got stuff. It was just really great to see. We donated shoes to the organization, and they're, what they're going to do is they're going to keep those shoes for the homeless uh, people when they do this program next month because the homeless people are actually the ones who do all the walking, um, and they walk you know, all day long from one place to another, so they have a greater need for shoes. Um, so we donated 17 pairs of brand-new athletic shoes, and thank to you guys. We yeah, our listeners. Money and Absolutely. We have an account. Our listeners, yes. We have an account where whenever you guys donate to us, what, you know, whatever program we're sponsoring, whatever is left over, we save that for the next time we can help out. Um, so we really want to thank you guys for that. And Absolutely. So it's, it's a great organization. And on the 15th of December, we're actually going to do our own care packages. We're going to start collecting Cokes and um, financial donations to buy – um, blankets and, and other things that we can do care packages and, and give out to the homeless downtown um, on December 15th and we're going to we are going to invite you guys to come out with us whether or not you donate you can come out and still help um, be a part of it that will bring the community together and kind of see you know people out there who are less fortunate and that's going to help us you know as far as uh, uh, our um, view and perspective on, on things that go on in our own lives. I know sometimes we get so caught up in our own lives that we can't see how fortunate we are. Um, but I think I think that, you know, being able to serve the community directly, you, you, you're not only serving the community, you're doing a service to yourself and reminding yourself of what's important. So we'll be doing that on December 15th. We're going to start raising money today. Um, so we'll be posting about donations and all those things starting this week. Um, and then, you know, if you, if you want to donate items, you can, if you want to donate financial, um, financially, you can, and we'll buy the stuff and, and you know, the, the 14th will you know, get together and, and put everything in care packages and on the 15th, we'll go and hand things out. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll be able to find more information on our website, but again, um, and I want to thank you, Ms. Parker, because she's taken the head on identifying different organizations and ways that we can get back to the community and we can only do it with you all support. So we definitely appreciate you. Another thing that came out from this yeah. weekend, uh, we ordered T-shirts. We have the new Stephen I Show T-shirts, and everyone was asking, where can I get a T-shirt? Where are those T-shirts? People were DMing me, texting me, you know, commenting on pictures I posted. And so you can now get Stephen I Show T-shirt at our website, the StephenIShow.com. Um, if you go to um, Stephen I Show merch, merch, it's in that uh, section. There's also a link on our homepage. But you can order it. And we'll get them out to you. Um, but they're great quality shirts. Shout out to the lady who, um, our distributor. Do you remember her name, Miss Parker? Yeah, it's Nikita. It's um, a friend of a friend. And so we're going to tag her in our yeah. um, posting. She's going to be moving forward. She's going to be doing our shirts. She has an amazing business. Mm-hmm. Black black owned businesses. 
um, we're gonna we're gonna tag her Instagram and her Facebook moving forward. Yeah. And so you know, if you guys have personal things that you want to order from her, you definitely she does an amazing job. Well quality. Great quality. Um, yeah. I'm excited about the shirts. I don't know why we didn't think of this sooner, but I'm glad we have them <laughs> now and um, we can move forward with them. Yes. And her our page on Instagram, by the way, is Tinsley S P C O. So it's T I N S L E Y S P C O. So definitely follow her, connect with her. She does a great job and she gets it done gets the shirts to you in a uh in a great period of time. So shout out to her again right. for helping us out. And again, you can go to our website, the dot com, uh, for information on how you can help us in our Christmas uh give give back this year with the homeless community, as well as how you can get a t shirt. All right. So all that, Mr. Uh, Chike Evans, how's it going? How are you, sir? I cannot complain. I cannot complain. This is a great time of year, one of my favorite times of year. But um, it's also a tiring part uh, time of year because <laughs> there's so much going on. Hey, Chike. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes, it's a lot. Hey, Miss Parker, what's going on? Did you have a good weekend? I did. Um, but it's it's work work don't stop for me. I'm you know I'm in the process of promoting a film and I'm yeah. trying to hit these film festivals. So this is crunch time for me. I've been working hard. I'm actually going to be working through Thanksgiving coming up. Um, and and I'm with you, Miss Parker. You know, getting together with family and loved ones is you know what Thanksgiving is all about. But I won't be doing any of that this year. Mm. I am going to eat though. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's yeah, good. I'm I'm gonna eat and I'm and I'm spoiling myself. Shout out to uh Chef Khalil Waichi. Uh he's going to be making my Thanksgiving dinner for me. Awesome. And uh I'm having Thanksgiving catered. Awesome. Yeah. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into these hot topics. We have a few because our panel discussion um is kinda lengthy, but it's it's very important conversation and a great conversation. And so we're gonna tackle just a few of the um Hot topics, and then we'll get into everything else. All right, so last Thursday, we all know the sad news that Kim Porter unexpectedly passed away. Um, and over the weekend, a lot of tributes went out on social media from Rihanna, Tina Lawson, T.I., and then Diddy, who had kind of stayed quiet. Um, he fathered the, her youngest three children. He mourned yesterday on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, he posted pictures and various messages. One of them, he said... For the last three days, I've been trying to wake up out of this nightmare, but I haven't. I don't know what I'm going to do without you, baby. I miss you so much. Today, I'm going to pay tribute to you. I'm going to try and find the words to explain our unexplainable relationship. We were more than best friends. We were more than soulmates. We were we were some other sh- Um And I miss you so much. Super black love. And then he, like again, he made a lot of posts. Another one he said, words can um, explain forever and ever and ever, infinity and beyond. I'll raise our family just like you taught me. Love you forever. I can't believe this sh- F shaking my head. Um, and then he posted a video of her dancing saying she loved the dance. Uh, thank you to everyone for your prayers and support. God is the greatest. He woke you up today to see another day. Uh, please don't take it for granted. Let's go, people. He wasn't the only family member to pay tribute his, uh Kim's oldest son, Quincy, also broke his silence, as well as Diddy's other um, children's mothers. They paid tribute, as well as Cassie, Cassie as well, um, just showing their respect publicly. What are your thoughts on, on this unexpected death? Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's 
all, you know, all thoughts can be nothing but sadness for, for the family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, it's unfortunate she was 47 years old, seemed to be well-loved and, and a good soul and a good spirit. Um, you know, you just never know. You know, we can talk about, well, you know, if you're feeling, if you're not feeling well, make sure you check yourself in the hospital. It's pneumonia. I've had pneumonia. You know what I mean? Like, right. I just think that when it's your time, you know, it's up on this earth, that's when you, that's when you leave. So, um, while you're here, just make the best out of it. You know, just make sure you re- you remind yourself every day of what's really important and the things that are not important. Don't let it bother you. And, and you know, that's kind of what, what I try to live my life. And, yeah, I'm, you know, I get annoyed here and there, but I'm easily overthinks because guess what? It doesn't matter. I'm healthy. I'm breathing. I'm doing well. And that's, you know, and, and I have people around me that love me and I love, that I love dearly. Those are things that matter. Very so true. I think when things like this happen, it just, it just reiterates the fact that, we're blessed to be here every single day is a gift. Yeah. And tomorrow's not promised. And, and, and the best thing, the best thing we can do as people is to love the people in our lives. Very true. Very true. Chike? Very well said, Miss Parker. That mm. was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree with Miss Parker. And I've had a, a couple people come to me and ask me, you know, why was this so impactful? Why were people reacting to it the way that they were? Like, like she was a celebrity. People didn't know who Kim Porter was. Kim Porter goes way back to the New Jack Swing. Like, she's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. and a lot of people knew her. She's been in the industry. She may not have always been in the forefront, but she's always had her hand in something in the yeah. industry. And so when it comes to that era of music and the arts and modeling and all that, she was someone. Definitely. Yeah, that's, Definitely. That's pretty, pretty deep. Yeah, yeah, it was very sad. And, and again, our prayers and thoughts are with her family and uh, those who loved it. All right, so um, Real Housewives of Atlanta was on last night, and things kind of got a little awkward when the DeVos, uh, you, Shamari, Shamari DeVoe and her husband, uh, Ronnie, who's in New Edition, uh, Shamari was actually in the singing group Black. And so they were introduced on the show last night, and people weren't really... Uh, accepting of their personalities fans really took issue with shamari and ronnie everything they said they weren't humble about their accomplishments at one point shamari and ronnie showed themselves recording a jay-z and beyonce styled song and shamari told everyone her group plaque was on the same level as escape following that ronnie uh, headed out some unsolicited performance advice to candy uh they went to shamari had a performance her group black i guess they're trying to get back on the map and they had a performance she invited all the women and Candy, in you know, went, and you know, Ronnie came out to say hi to the ladies. And um, now, mind you, Candy Escape booked Ronnie's group. It's not um, New Edition or Beverly Bell. It's the, the new group they have, but they're opening for Escape on um, tour. And so, his wife asked Ronnie if he had any advice for Candy, and he said that they're. He said that they did a great show. They sound great, but their placement, song placement, def- he criticized that. And Candy was kind of taken back because, first of all, we're not here about critiquing me. We booked you. <laughs> you know, we're here to critique your wife. And so it was just kind of a lot of strange things. People were very annoyed by their appearance last night. Miss Parker, did you watch? <laughs> what were your thoughts? Yeah, I watched because I've met Ronnie a few times. I was um, at Keith. Keith Sweat's um, show, mm-hmm. 
August or so when I was in when I was in LA. Right. Um, and I've met I've met Ronnie a few times here, and then they were performing at Key Sweat. They opened for him there. Uh, they, they were one of the opening acts there at, at his show. Um, and so you know his personality is fun, but I never took it to be as cocky or um, you know just how it came across on TV. I think really what happened is they both went in too hard and tried too hard. Yeah. I think they probably came up with this scheme of how they're going to be this fun, you know, this, we're going to just, I think they, I, it just seemed just forced, right? Mm-hmm. It, just, it didn't seem genuine to me. I, I've never met her. But I've met, like I said, I've met him a few times and that, he did not come across that way to me. So I don't know if it's just because, you know, you know, sometimes when you're on TV, you're trying to play the camera and you're trying to be rebooked mm-hmm. camera and you're trying to make sure you're on the next season. So yeah. that may have been, that may have played a role. into it. I just, I don't think TV is for everybody. Yeah, sure. I don't think TV is for most people. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think people just figure they're going to go on TV and it's going to, and, 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 and sometimes it ruins their, your career more so than it does good for it. Yeah. Um, just some people just don't belong on TV. And so I think, you know, whoever else is going on next time, just be mindful of that. You know, like, is that, is that something you really want to do? Or does it just look good or sound good? I just, you know, um, they, they just didn't come across well at all. And I don't think they're going to be on. Because I think what's going to happen is they're gonna, the editors are going to start cutting their scenes a little bit more as the season go on. And they're going to be on less and less because fans are, are starting to complain. Yeah. Cheeky, I know you didn't watch, but what are your thoughts on reality uh, st- people join the reality shows and how it can impact their career? Uh, I mean, if you look at it from the business standpoint, you know, what it's done to help people bridge onto another part of their career, like as a stepping stone, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. It, it suits its purpose. But when you start to affect pop culture off of something that you're not living up to, that's not your reality, and it becomes a problem. Then they're nothing but like commercials. That's yeah. all they are. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, what can I sell next? What can I peddle next? Who's going to be my sponsor? That's basically what it is. So then they start selling themselves off. That's when I tune out. It's true. Now if it's like documentary style and you're, you're teaching me something as we go along, then yes, I'm into it. Or That's you're showing true. me something mm-hmm. like behind the scenes of something, how things are working, your real life, you know, yeah. But that other stuff is fodder. I can't, I can't absorb it and and get nutrients from it. I can't do anything with that. You know, it's interesting because um, we've seen a lot of celebrities get on reality shows, and it can, because you know, in our mind we have this imagination of what a person's like based on their work, like their music or their movies or whatever. But then when you really get to see that person for who they really are or they try to portray, it can really bite them in the butt. Now, you remember Kelly Price, who's a fan of, of a friend of our show. Love her to death. Say, yeah, she Kelly Price is a, a great example. Yeah. I mean, she went on R&B Divas and people were like, this is Kelly Price? Oh, no. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And and right. It, it, it didn't help her career at all. It turned a lot of people off from her. So people well, have to be careful. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the reality of that is they took what they want out of it. They got, they were getting reactions out of her, and they took what they wanted out of it, and they used it mm-hmm. against her. Yeah. And yeah. that's how it goes. Why do you think Faith escaped? She jumped off. Sure did. Her own show. She was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, they the – t- they have a beautiful family, by the way, but it'll be interesting to see how they uh, – 
engaged rest of the show. Well, you know, Candy and Portia seem to be like they had let go of their beef, but now they're beefing again. As previous reported, Candy hinted that she knew Portia's fiance, Dennis McKinley, on Sunday's episode, um, and she revealed really what she meant. So there was a scene they were at the Old Lady Gang location, and her friend Carmen and Portia's ex-assistant, Jamie, uh, were discussing the trip they took to Miami last week and Portia's boo. Now, things got especially interesting, however, um, when Jamie revealed that one of her friends dated Dennis for several years before allegedly broke things off for Portia. He broke it off for Portia. Jamie said, yeah, I know him. My friend dated him. When we were in Africa, she found out because her friend texted her and said that he's with Portia now. And so it was a big situation. She was crying. Candy said, you mean she didn't know he was dating somebody? That can't be right because I know a couple of girls that he was dating during that time. Candy also noted that she knows someone whose name that uh, uh, Dennis tattooed the name on on the face. Jamie confirmed that her friend um, also he tattooed her friend's face on the body too. So apparently what his thing is, he falls in love quickly, he gets tattoos, he winds up dying these girls until it's, you know, whatever happens. So they had that scene going on. Then Portia uh, was talking, explaining her mom, telling her about the guy and how he got her tattoo and how she knows it's going to be her husband and all this thing. They've Now, mind you, they've been together for five months, five months, and they're getting tattoos, they're engaged, they're all this can it be too soon? I, I mean, I don't have any opinion on any of that, but I think that um, that um, Candy should stay out of it. Hmm. Because one, thing, one, one reason is, same thing was happening with her when she got with with, um, Todd. with her husband, and mm-hmm. even after she was married to her husband, Ty, and she didn't like that. So just stay out of people's relationship. And Atlanta is this small. Everybody dates everybody. You know, just in my circle, it's like three or four people dating each other. It's just that's right. Atlanta, okay? And so, if she chose to do that, I'm sure Portia and I walking around. I'm sure she 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 dated people that he probably knows as well. Um, but if she's happy, I was leave it alone. If I know, I know so much tea and dirt on people, but I I give for the chance to be happy on their own, like because you never know which relationship is going to work out. I just think sometimes we just throw so much negativity on people's relationship without really knowing. Or without giving them a chance to just make it work. Mm. Um, so I don't know if it's too soon or whatever else they have going on, but I just think Candy should stay out of it. Well, do you think if the tables were turned, so say that you were dating someone that a passive friend of yours knew of, would you want to know what they know about them or no? No. Okay. 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 Chica, what are your thoughts? The same. Okay. Stay out. Mind your business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mind your business. And Todd did tell Candy to stay out of it. And she said she was, yeah, but, I mean, yeah. Especially at their ages, I just think it's petty. And I and I was trying to figure out if she was doing it because I, I watched this episode because I wanted to see uh, Ronnie and his wife. But I was just like, what's so petty? Like, are you doing this because you kind of want to add drama to the show? Because that's the storyline. I get that it's your money. Or are you just doing this because you're really, like, that petty? It's just like, you know, even if you have beef with Portia, you had the same issue with your husband being in everybody's mouth, and you did not like that. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of him, and keep him moving. Now, yeah. anything that she said will come out because Atlanta's already small. People are going to say those same things to Portia from somebody else. Let somebody else tell her. It's yeah. That's job. That's true. That's true. All right, our last topic. So um, 
this is a crazy thing to happen. So, okay, how do I say this? Everyone knows if I say I'm going to the bathroom, I'm about to blow this up. They know what I mean, right? You know what I mean, right? If I'm about to blow it up, okay. Well, this man, 30-year-old New Orleans resident, Arthur Posey, was walking down Canal Street in New Orleans. And he dipped into Willie's Chicken Shack and allegedly said, I'm about to blow this. Y'all need to close this restaurant. I'm about to blow it up. The staff called the police on him, said he was making bomb threats. The police come to the restaurant. Um... And he's explaining, no, I wasn't making a bomb threat. He's explaining what he meant. They still arrested him and he, on two charges of uh, counts of community false information uh, and plan of arson. So now he has to hire an attorney to uh, drop the charges. Isn't that crazy? I mean, what restaurant was this? Was it was it called, called Willie's Chicken Shack. Uh, Willie, yeah, well, well Willie's probably don't want to pull up Willie's coming blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. I mean, it's the culture we live in now. That's yeah. the world we live in now. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine when the police come? Like, oh, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> well, right. poor guy. Poor guy. Well, listen, I'm going to cut a hot topic short today. We have a lot to discuss of our discussion panel. But thank you so much, Ms. Parker. I look forward to being at your house and tearing up this Thanksgiving food. Uh, Chike, I'll see you in movie reviews. Oh, and in our segment. Yes, sir. Happy Thanksgiving, uh, Chike, to you and your friends and family. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. We'll be right back after this. Bye-bye. She likes to read books on philosophy. She only eats at small cafes She questions every single part of me She makes me better every day It's not the way she styles her hair Or the designer clothes she wears Her silhouette's one of a kind But most of all She's got a beautiful mind She's got a beautiful mind She's got a beautiful mind So many girls I see Are wild and lovable But I'm looking for my queen My Claire Huxtable The black American dream, it sounds so wonderful. The only thing I need, my Claire Huxtable. My Claire, Claire, my Claire Huxtable. My Claire, Claire, my Claire Huxtable. Well, being a brownstone and BK, listen to Stevie and Coltrane. I know that she out there for me. A few kids, one day, a couple of Lisa, a bonus. I know that she out there for me. Oh, yeah. So many girls I see are wild and lovable. But I'm looking for my queen, my Claire Huxtable. The black American dream sounds so wonderful. Only thing I need, my Claire Huxtable. 
All I know is that the money won't change me. All I know, I gotta talk my shit. Freeze Ray on my neck. Designer outfit, only rock valid shit. Only whip valid whip. Shorty, I ain't coming through. If it ain't a valid trip, yeah, I let them 32s. 15, valid shit. Drill time, had it lit. Fuck your bitch. I gotta split. Yeah, she give me top, but I don't like the clip. I chase all the money, can't wait to be rich. Niggas, they be switching. Haters better listen. Get off my dick. I only got money vision. Niggas not in my division. My attention will be given. I know y'all hate how I'm living well. Little dude, little dude. Cuz. All I know is niggas gonna hate. All I know is fuck you pay me. All I know is money made the world go. All I know is that the money won't change me. All I know is niggas gonna hate. All I know is fuck you pay me. All I know is money made the world go. Make it go. All I know is that the money won't change me. All I know is that the money won't change me. Won't change me. Alright, what's going on, y'all? This is Ricardo Grim Hot in the Airways. Right now, you listening to the Stephen Knight Show. Hey, don't go to sleep without saying your prayer. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Now, tonight we're starting a two-part series on the film industry. Next week, in part two, we welcome a panel of ladies in the industry to help us weigh in on this topic. But tonight, it's about the fellas. They're here to give their perspectives. I'm going to introduce the panel, and then we're going to get into it. All right, first up, we have our very own Chike Evans. What's going on, Chike? What's going on, brother? How are you? I'm good. Tell us why you wanted to, before we get into it, why you wanted uh, to have this discussion, panel. Well, you know, movies, that's just my thing. That's right. what I do. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, over the course of, you know, working on this show and the exposure that this show has given me, you know, to the other aspects of the arts, and I've landed in, you know, filmmaking and found a home. And a, a brotherhood and sisterhood of people of the like spirit. And I just want to share them with the world. You know, yeah. they're, they're creating some wonderful things out here. And I just need a light shined on them. So this Most is my definitely. contribution. Most definitely. So one thing, my, when we introduce everyone, I might ask them to answer. And I know it's a hard, especially for people in the industry. What is your favorite movie? So Chike, you start us off. What's your favorite movie? Uh, I have a lot, but I, I guess the one that I, I continue to go back to is uh, Love Jones. Love Jones, okay. I think that is a very powerful movie about black love, and it's displayed in a way without all the negative black stuff. Most definitely it's done very beautifully, and I think it's very it's a very classic movie. All right, Jamar Hill. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. What's How you doing? How you doing, man? I'm good. And yourself? I can't complain, bro. I hear that. I'm a little exhausted. <laughs> and me and you both. <laughs> We're going to get through it. We'll get through it. What's your favorite movie? Um, I think TK uh, seen my Instagram last night and took my idea. <laughs> I, posted, I posted a scene of a lot of times last night. But, uh, I wanted to delete it, but uh, um, I'm gonna say love and basketball. Okay, I think that was uh, another. I think that's a classic. Um, for one, me coming from a ball playing pers- um, prospect and 
you know, at the time in high school and doing, you know, doing that whole basketball run, I think that was a, a film that showed love differently. Most definitely. You know, it showed, it showed you how to, how to uh, manage both the love for the game and then your love life. And I think being in this business, you know, as a filmmaker, it is hard to juggle yeah. two things, you know, um, unless unless you've been in it from the rip, it's different, you know. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a classic right there for me. Most definitely. All right, Damon Durrell. Oh, Daryl, excuse me. Damon Daryl. Uh, welcome to the show. You had it right. Oh, it is Daryl. My bad. Okay. Welcome to the show. David Durrell. Uh, <laughs> and your favorite movie? Uh, I might be a little cliche, but uh, I'm going to have to stick with Scarface. Okay, yeah. And probably always will be. Okay. Um, I, just, I just love the way the story was put together. Um, you know, some of the historical events and just the way everything was told and composed. It just, it amazed me. And, and back when it was on the... Uh, Remember the VHS? It had the, the, the two VHS tapes where you got to switch in the VCR. Mm-hmm. Man, I burned a few of those out. <laughs> just the story was just even to this day. It's just kind of you know, it's kind of weird that I would say this, but I, I just admired the drive that the character had, and it just kind of related <clears> to what what I want in life. You know? Yeah. Once I feel you got to go hard at it. You, know, you might not go as hard as he did. Right. But you still put your all into it and, and just go after it. Most definitely, most definitely. All right, Max Cole, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you all for uh, the opportunity to uh, chat it up tonight, and shout out to the other uh, filmmakers on this uh, on this line. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. What's your favorite movie? Um, you know, I'm not going to break my promise. I, I promised I would never say my favorite movie uh, mm. because I would always listen back and, and cringe because so many great movies have been produced. It's true. So I will say that my latest favorite movies are uh, Bad Time at the El Royale okay. and uh, Black Klansman. Okay. Um, and I would say a throwback, if I were to go back in time and think about a movie that impacted me, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm. I thought mm. that was really well written and a, a really unique uh, flick. But I thought um, Black Klansman was, you know, Spike Lee, I thought it was one of his best um, and uh, Bad Times was shot real unique, had a good visual style to it, and uh, it was just fresh. It felt yeah. very uh, unique, so I, I like that style of uh, filmmaking. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Nice, nice. All right, Rashid Wiles. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you for being on the show tonight. Favorite movie? Oh, man, um... Just like everybody else, it's, it's hard to say the favorite, but one movie that stands out to me um, is a Spike Lee film, um, Jungle Fever. Mm, it, was sold yeah. as a, it was sold as a uh, interracial love story, which was, I mean, it very much was that, but the heart of the film was actually drug abuse and the mm. damage it done to, to a family. Yeah. So that always blew me away. I went in there expecting one thing and just was like, and 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 on t- and to top it off, Stevie Wonder is my favorite artist. So to have Stevie Wonder do the soundtrack, you know, can't go wrong. Ice on the cake, right? <laughs> and then we have the Farm Twins, Trevor and Troy. Trevor, we'll start with you. Welcome, to, welcome to the show. Yo, um, 
Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Um, shout out to all the other filmmakers and uh, on the on the line also. Thanks for having us. Um, I guess I'm, I'll have to take this in a different direction, uh, coming from an actor's perspective. Um, there's there's just so many uh, great films out there that I could I could share our favorites, but uh, Denzel Washington is actually the, the best uh, acting performer for myself, and mm-hmm. pretty much all the films that he's done, like Malcolm X and, um, and The Hurricane and The Great Dictators, I love to see when an actor can you know portray a character and you actually feel like you're looking at that character right like Jamie Fox, i saw ray i just thought that was ray yeah um, yeah so coming from an actor's perspective what makes a film great for me is when i can see these true stories and and these and an actor portray that character and you know it's no longer that actor it's now malcolm x you're watching as opposed to watching denzel washington exactly um so uh so those are you know pretty much my favorite films just you know there's a there's a plethora of them but uh, from an acting perspective, I would just have to say any of the of the great performances uh, that were uh, true story performances are, are pretty much my favorites. All right, and last but definitely not least, Troy. Shout out to everybody! Thank you all for doing this, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Um, for me, I would have to say something like um, the color purple. If I want to go back, and that stands out for me because it's just a film that turned out. So many tremendous actors, you know, were involved in that project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my brother and I have that close, a close relationship. So I like the story of the, you know, the sisters. And, um, you know, I thought that the story was tremendous. And, you know, some people might look at it that it portrayed black people in a negative light. But it was a realistic light. It was, you know, what what those times or what that Especially area the time, was. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it just turned out so many phenomenal actors from that movie. Yeah. You know, went on to become, you know, what they became. So that sticks out in my mind. All right. Well, again, everyone, welcome to the show. Let's get into some of these discussion points. So one thing, Chike, you always have said on the show uh, throughout the years is that you feel like sometimes the storylines in indie movies are in many ways better than some of the major uh, uh, films and maybe because creative freedom, uh, you know, not as much press from like the powers that be. Uh, Can you just talk about that a little bit? So you being a musician, right? Mm -hmm. You know how there's that thing of when artists put out that first CD, they put their all into it because they have their whole life. Right. Spill into that first piece of art. It's kind of that way in the indie world. It's that that machine is not behind you, so you're just spilling what you know organically into a film, yeah. hoping that you know it can grow and rise into something where you have the majors who are basically orchestrating what gets put out because they're trying to meet, you know, quarters and budgets and yeah. dollars and cents. They're thinking about it that way. When in the indie world, a lot of them are about the artistry, mm-hmm. just the sheer artistry. Yeah, that's true. So the storylines tend to be more, have more texture and meat to them. Yeah. I prefer it. Anyone else want to weigh in on that? Yeah, I, uh, this is Rashid. Um, absolutely. Um, you know, you can take the risk as an uh, independent filmmaker that Hollywood doesn't allow you to take a lot of times. I mean, you know, um, you can just get some people together, tell the story you want to tell. You don't have anybody uh, telling you, oh, no, don't do this, don't do that. No, you can say this, you can't say that. So you just, you just you can get out there and do your thing. 
Yeah, very true. And, um, you know, once you get to the next level, um, it's not always like that. You know, we see we see cats that we love as independent filmmakers sometimes they may go on and do bigger films and it's so formulaic. And it's like, oh, well, you know, they have, they have people to answer to. You don't have anybody to answer to when you're an independent filmmaker. That's true, true. And talk about the importance of, anyone can take this question, of, like, film festivals, especially for, like, indie films. Like, uh, you know, a lot of... Smaller films have, or you know, indie films have become massive because of these film festivals. Who can talk, speak on that? Yeah, I, I, oh, I can. can. Mark. Okay. So, um, did, you, Mac, you want to go first? Uh, I'll make it quick. It's it's up to you, man. I'm I'm good. Okay. Uh, I, I'll make it go ahead. first. I'll make it quick as well. Go ahead, bro. All right. Um. The film festivals have been everything. I think um, from an exposure standpoint, uh, it's everything for an independent filmmaker, uh, particularly in the ones that fly under radar, the film festivals that promote uh, content that produce, you know, that's produced by people of color. Mm-hmm. So I want to send a shout out to all of those festivals um, because I think they are, uh, you know, allowing uh, certain stories to be told by uh, people that, you know, typically sort of fly under radar uh, in the community. Uh, so I've got a lot of love for that. But in terms of film festivals, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, they are a critical component to uh, us as creatives. And uh, really, in a lot of ways, one of the, the best outlets that we have from a public standpoint outside of social media. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one thing, too, is I think that a lot of film festivals are recognizing work in, in, in a lot of different ways uh, from an award standpoint, but not only that, from a connection standpoint and from an exposure standpoint, too. Um, they're a great place to uh, really connect with other filmmakers and, and people that are creating actors, you know, producers, cinematographers, et cetera. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah definitely totally, totally agree with, you know, Max on that. And um, just to piggyback off of it, it creates a, a hub in a community for um, filmmakers, uh, independent filmmakers. And, you know, you think about Hollywood and other filmmakers having a platform. I think film festivals give us as independent filmmakers a platform to share our voice, share our stories, you know, in ways that we wouldn't be able to have in, you know, any other circumstance. So I think um, for anyone, it's a great opportunity for your voice to be able to be heard and to be able to show the creativity that you have you know, to be able to produce that next level content, you know, uh, if you're able to, you know, maybe someone that's there in the crowd is an investor or from another studio that may love your work, you know, so I think it's just another opportunity for filmmakers to be able to showcase what they're able to do and also give them a voice where they feel like they can be heard. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And obviously... I want to add something. This is Trev, actually. I want to add something. And this is pretty much for everybody who's on the phone now because, you know, a lot of the guys, we know each other and some of us, we don't. But I think it's really important for all of us um, who are here on this on this call today to make sure that we are in support of each other. Because not only is this independent film, we got to remember that this is an ind- we are independent minority filmmakers because mm-hmm. there's independent yeah. films out there that are made by the people who control the industry, which, of course, are the Jewish people and, you know, the people who actually have their thumb on everything. We got to make mm-hmm. sure that we're supporting each other, not only as minority filmmakers, I mean, as independent filmmakers, but as minorities, because that puts us in a whole nother category, whether it's independent film, Hollywood, whatever. We 
We don't want to be those people who are not, uh, you know, enterprising within ourselves. We yeah. have to support each other to, you know, more than everybody else does because we are independent, comma, minority filmmakers. We got to support each other at Very all true. times, no matter what. Very true. Very true. Uh, yeah. Now, obviously, a movie like Black Panther was not an indie film by any means. But what was the significance, in your opinion, of a movie coming out like that and being as successful as it was or has been? Um, this Mark, I, I, I could I could start with that question. Um, I guess uh, for to you know majority of it being all black cast for one, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from cast from cast to crew, you know, and, and, and directing and people in seat in the seats that's really calling the shots. I think it was really a big moment for you know, us as African Americans. We're talking about us being minorities and you know moving up in the industry and making way for ourselves. So I think uh, that being able to uh, those people being able to be there and make history the way that they did just proved that we do have the talent. We do have the the people. We do have the resources because there was a time in the industry where they say black faces didn't sell. Right. Exactly. You know, so we're at the point now where we're proven black faces can sell. We've proven that we have the talent. We've proven that we're able to do it. So with a film like that, I think it just gives us people like us hope that one day if you look at Ryan Coogler and you look at how many films he's done. You know, before we actually got mm-hmm. that big boost to be able to do Creed and Black Panther. Right. That, like, we're only one project away from having an opportunity for that to be us. But kind of like, you know, they were, we were speaking about earlier, we all have to be in constant support of each mm-hmm. other to be able to exactly. achieve that as well. Because those mm-hmm. things won't happen if we are not supporting each other. We're just concerned only about what we're doing um, and not praising each other. That's true. True. And also the way... I'm sorry. I was here. This is Trev. I want to piggyback on my brother has a response to. Um, I agree with everything that Mark just said. Um, I think the beauty about Black Panther was that it did exactly what he said because you have so many people in the, the mainstream industry telling you that, you know, a black lead actor is not bankable or, you know, a black director is not bankable. And, the black, you know, and just to see that portrayed where African-Americans were in this, you know, this powerful uh, um, position. And, you know, it, it wasn't the, you know, the typical films you'll see, which are, you know, the films that we are can really um, remember as far as, you know, blacks and slavery and like those kinds of things. The, the Black Panther, outside of the, the Marvel and the superhero thing, it showed, you know, this part of Africa in a powerful position. Yeah. Um, which is good for all of us as, just as African-Americans in this country. And it showed that, you know, a, a black director is, a, you know, a billion-dollar bankable and a black actor can make a billion-dollar film. And, you know, just like you said, the, the fact that, all of us, my brother and I went to see the film three times, and every time we went to see that film, there was more white people in the film than black. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, you know, why is this? Why is this theater that this should not be one seat in here for a white person? As far as I'm concerned. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, this should be filled with us supporting ourselves. Why is that? I mean, we have to support each other. We can't expect somebody else to support us if we're not supporting each other. Sure. Sure. And I think I think, story, I think the I think the image was important because. You know, we have our, you know, it's a shame that you have to say this, but you have to say our heroes, you know, like our heroes have to be separate from their heroes. 
Um, you know, you take Spawn and you take, you know, guys like Luke Cage and things like that. I think it was important for our kids to see a hero that they could identify with and also see the beauty of Africa and see, you know, how, you know, here's a, here's a superhero that wasn't from the underworld or nothing like that. It was a positive image for our kids to have a, a hero that they can relate to. And, you know, as far as that went, so that's why I thought it was important. Not how much money it made, but I thought the positive images of it is what made it so phenomenal for me. Mm-hmm. You know, the funny story. Okay, okay. You know, from a global perspective, just to see how, how it crossed the borders and how it affected people on the international level was just, it was a phenomenon. Yeah. I haven't seen in my lifetime anything, you know, that I could relate to that, I mean, just on a global scale. Um, and even down to the behind the scenes, it opened up doors for Ryan Coogler to just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, those stories he told when he was doing the research and he went to Africa. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think those stories are important just to hear. He's a filmmaker, he's a black filmmaker. It's just like, wow, I mean, this is something that really resonated with something within me. And I, I'm just so grateful that they actually opened the doors and he was able to open the doors behind the scenes of like the engine of Marvel, but from something that I could relate to. Right. I thought that was just a phenomenal opportunity. Yeah. I, I read this funny story. This, uh, I guess this teacher gave her class an assignment about writing about a different, all right. You know, a, a location or area. And this kid wrote about Wakanda and turned it mm-hmm. in. And the teacher did not realize Wakanda wasn't a real, wasn't a real place. <laughs> It's so, like, all right. But yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. If you have kids and then Halloween just passed, I was just amazed to see how many non African American kids running around in black. Black Panther, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went to New York Comic Con my first time, and I've seen so many, so many white kids. With black pants outfits on. Wow. See Indians, like you know, like uh, Arabs with mm-hmm. you know with black pants outfits on. It was it was it was amazing. Yeah, it right. definitely was. Right. Yep. Yep. By the way, another thing to add to that is that it was a good depiction of positive black images. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's really important, um, especially with you know the cycle of negativity that we're often um, subjected to. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really a fantastic portrayal of just beautiful black people and, and a really, you know, good story. Yeah. They even went so far as to make all of the, all of the women uh, warriors yeah. who were all bald. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was very powerful because so many of our black sisters are under this impression that yeah. if you don't have a weave, that you're not beautiful. Okay. And, right. And I didn't see that one person in that film that I didn't think was gorgeous. So, you, right. you know, your hair does not, does not, you know, dictate who you are, you know, your beauty. And, yeah. you know, that black and the Wakandan women, they were strong women. They, you know, they were fighters and warriors and, mm-hmm. and beautiful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, it was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I, I, I think that was a big, a big message. Just Mark, I think there was a big message uh, in that as well. You know, just a woman piece of that period, you know, because we, 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 we talk about that and we talk about men, you know, in a, in a sense. And I thought it was a really, really uh, great time in a period where women were dealing with things with women and they were praising women inside of the film. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really, really uh, uh, amazing, you know, because a lot of young girls don't have that type of hero to look up to. We got 
you know, uh, you know, Black Panther, you know, even Green Lantern was black. We're not going to get into that story, but mm-hmm. um, exactly. we got Green Lantern, yeah. yep. you mm-hmm. know, we have like a lot of other heroes, but they are men characters. Right. No matter the color, they're men driven characters. But whatever women driven characters, like they came out with Wonder Woman and all that stuff. But I'm glad to see that they did that for the woman that gives someone that has a daughter, you know, yeah. that sense of security. And my daughter was happy and excited to be a part of that. So, you know, I think that's, that's, that's in a good message in there. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. By the way, end up men and women working together for a common goal. Yeah. Yeah. That was yes. important. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was very yes. important. Well, let's talk about yes. the Me Too movement. Obviously, that is taking over industries across the board. Um, how do you think, well, I have two questions. One question is, how has the Me Too movement impacted the film industry as a whole? And do you think there is as many situations uh, where uh, people are are affected by the Me Too movement in the independent film industry? I'll, I'll actually take the lead on that. This is Trev. Um, uh, my brother and I have pretty much worked in law enforcement for, you know, the better part of 20 years. Okay. And the, the, the unfortunate thing about the Me Too movement is that, you know, in reality, there are people who are just, abusing who are opportunists they're just abusing uh, you know their opportunity for either one financial gain or Mm two some kind of you know five minutes of fame or both or financial gain and five minutes of fame and it's just unfortunate that they're make they're doing that you know for all of us who are brothers and you know have sisters and mothers and and daughters and stuff that when you when you set that kind of a, a precedent where everybody's just coming out oh guess what he touched me too and he did this it's just it's just really bad because the reality is that did that all that stuff happen you know in the world of law we don't know all we have is your statement you know 30 years later or how many years later you're saying that somebody did x y and z to you he could have done that he could have not but the the way that the scale of law works is that you know they have to investigate these things they have to you know bring it to the forefront especially when it's somebody who is you know in a prestigious position like bill cosby yeah you have to do that because of who he is because of, you know, the things that he has, the uh, the perception that we all have. You know, Bill Cosby was the American dad, and now guess what? The American dad did this, and, you know, he you know he mollied people and all the other accusations. that, that it, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, some of that may be accurate, and, and the reality is that a lot of it is probably completely inaccurate. Mm. And, you know, so as far as to have this movement where everybody's saying, me too, how do how do we view that? How do we you know what what is the, the the validity behind it? Is it how many people are actually telling the truth? How many people are just you know out for you know to be an opportunist? And yeah. it's just a, it's a, a fine line. And you know we as men, we just have to be you know careful. And you know again as, as minority men, we have to be careful what we do, mm-hmm. and you know and just try to you know to tread lightly because everybody's going to be looking to. You know, once you reach a certain, of course, nobody's going to do that to, you know, black homeless man. You know, they're going to come after Bill Cosby. They're going to come after the LeBron James and the people, you know, where, where it's of, of some benefit. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, again, I'm not saying that to say that, you know, Bill Cosby didn't do anything. I don't know. I wasn't there. And guess what? Nobody doesn't know. We None of us were there. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's, it's unfortunate. It really is. I think um, for me, from a, from a filmmaker standpoint, this is Troy. Um, is it makes it difficult to to network with you know women, pretty women. Um, it, it's kind of hard, especially when it comes to casting. And you know, I can understand what what a what a 
sisters and ladies are coming from. You know, they they some of them have a, this this wall up, or they have this this um, you know, they're on guard all the time. You know, whose intentions are good, whose intentions are bad. You know, is this legit? Is is the is the, the company legitimate? Is this you know what is this person after? You know, this whole couch, this casting couch conversation comes in. It's just unfortunate because it makes it hard for us to actually you know make films and and have people put in their trust in you because it's going on it's going so bad now it has you know people it's hard to put their trust in you to make a movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i just no, think I, as an african-american man you just have to really watch the line that you walk it's just i mean i don't think there's a formula you just have to watch everything that you do and i think that's always been what we had to do throughout history I mean, exactly. the rules I have, you know, when I'm working on something, typically my wife is always there and around, and I never say anything to anybody that I'll never say in front of my wife while she's standing right there in front of everybody. That's right. And Absolutely. As hard as it might be, you know, we just have to take that extra due diligence and say, I can't say this. This opportunity is not a time for me to say something off the wall because this can exactly. come back and bite me. It's just... We've always had to do and go beyond extra and go the extra mile. And this is something no different. We just have to ex- exercise more restraint. And it's unfortunate, sure. but it's just the truth. That's reality. Yeah, reality. yeah. got to tread lightly, no question. I, I can agree on that, you know, 100%. This is Mark, you know, the same way. I, you know, the majority of the time my wife is working with me in the business, you know, and um, whatever, I, I'm able to say things in front of her that, you know, if it's, I know I won't say it in front of her, it's not a line. You know, and I think everybody has that fine line of understanding that, you know, and, you know, uh, based on how it shifts in the industry, you know, it does make casting at times a little bit more difficult, but I think it also brings, you know, a sense of boundaries and borders, you know, to what is actually going on, even surrounding males and females, because the Me Too movement wasn't, it was started with females, but, you know, Terry's crew, crew came out, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. those numbers of other things about men, you know, and people being right. touched, right. other men being touched and stuff like that, and boys. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. it just creates boundaries and borders uh, that it could be positives and negatives because it can put people up on guard, but it also starts a thing in this industry that uh, the stigma of you got to give me this in order to get that. It's kind of right. like leaving, it's kind of ending that era of that stigma, even though that still may reside for a little bit. I think uh, more people think about that more because it's either do I want to go through my career crashing and burning? I've spent 20 years to build this and then it's burnt down in 20 seconds all because I decided to touch this girl or this boy right. or tell them if they, if they give me this, I'll give them this role. So I think right. it makes that decision for those people much more difficult where it stops that. Because mm-hmm. it's something that clearly definitely needs to stop because everybody deserves a fair chance because I believe everybody that comes with a talent should be awarded for what they get. Absolutely. Well said. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Well, let's, let's uh, go to streaming platforms, Netflix, uh, Amazon uh, streaming service and whatnot. How has that changed the game for indie films? I mean, you know, I... I love Netflix, and I see some of the best movies, you know, um, and they're not mainstream. How has it changed the, for you all as film filmmakers and actors? How has it changed the game for you all? Well, this is uh, Rashida. Um, I, I, it changed the game greatly because, it, you know, there was very limited spots when films were just being released theatrically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now... There's 
I mean, there's there's so many avenues now that we yeah. can that we can go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And get 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 uh get get our product um produced and and and, and shown yeah. to the world. So it's great, man. I, you know what I mean? And a lot and a lot of uh, a lot of black filmmakers are getting more and more opportunities, right? Because everybody isn't Ryan Coogler, right? Everybody can't make Black Panther, but you right. know what? You can maybe get something on Hulu or get something on Amazon or, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, just, find, and just find your little niche. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's great. That's, uh, it's, it's wonderful, in my opinion. Yeah. This is, um, this is Trev. I'm, I'm, I want to say first shout to Jamar because I did see his film stream on, uh, um, on uh, what was it? Was it on Amazon, Jamar, I believe? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations, yes. man. Yeah, congratulations. congratulations. Great you and, you know, shout that thing out. Shout it out. <laughs> yeah, shout that out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great well, I've, been, I've been shouting that. I've been shouting that out for a couple of years now. My, my my new film is actually hitting a little small theatrical run, December twenty first. So, uh, but I'm, I'm gonna let you talk, bro, because I was gonna nice. dive into this with you too. No, you, you know we're gonna be there whenever it comes out. We're gonna be there to support that one too. So, um, appreciate it. But yeah, you know, congrats on that, and and I just like that. Uh, yeah, it's it's great to see um to see them actually uh allowing us to have, you know, our voice on on this the streaming that's going on now and I just think for us as filmmakers my 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 comment is more about what we give them. Um you know, Jamar's a great filmmaker. I'm sure his next film is, is going to be great too, but we want to make sure that we're giving them, you know, quality material, things that we can feel positive about, things that you know make our us as people uh, proud of you know what we're seeing because I'm sure everybody on this this phone has seen films and you're like you know what the hell was that and yeah. you know we we want to make sure because it all starts with our ideas and you know what the people who are the backbone of making this film and what we put out and the storylines and all that um, and you know which is why his film is where it is because you know he did give it that consideration and make sure that it was the best quality it can be and the best you know the best content. As long as we continue to do that, they can't deny us our spot in streaming or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's up to us to make them give it to us. You can't deny good quality. That's, that's, that's just reality. That's true. So, yeah. yep. Yeah. I, I totally yeah. agree with that. Just to piggyback a little bit on this, Mark. Uh, shout out Jamar. That's, that's, that's like a brother to me. So, uh, congratulations, man. I told you that plenty of times before. You know, congrats <laughs> on fourth quarter uh, with your theatrical run, man. But I. I look at it and, you know, I say uh, kind of just to piggyback, you can't deny uh, talent. You can't deny great content. Um, but I also think right. it just gives us, again, that platform, like you said again about the festivals, to just have a have a voice and to speak about what it is that we do as filmmakers. Um, and so many people are so worried about, like, network TV or, you know, uh, trying to get it there. And just like those things are going to come. But we have an opportunity as, you know, independent filmmakers to be able to put our stuff on that type of platform where other major films are streaming, I think the opportunity of that is just so amazing because now, you know, you never could think about your name being in the mix with some of these great, you know, filmmakers when you first started to now that is like the opportunity for that to happen is so, you know, uh, uh, it, it, it could, you could come by that, you know, much easier than what it was before, you know, back in the yeah. day, it was just like, you, you know, you had TV directors, you had movie directors, and they all had different categories, and they couldn't go in certain areas, you know. Their films couldn't go certain places, so that we all can now be in one place and one hub, and our names can mm-hmm. be mentioned next to people that inspired us to shoot them. 
I think that's just an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that, uh, Mark, and thank everybody, too. This is Jamar speaking. Um, I agree with that. It, it was, uh, for me, um, that was an idea when I first started was to get it on a, on a streaming platform where people can have access to it. And I, I, I um, you know, I, I'm happy Amazon is more open than Netflix because Netflix, you know, became a platform and they closed off before you could, you could pay them to get your right. product right there. And mm-hmm. now they became where they, a studio that just pick up different content that they're trying to make original. So, I mean, you know, the whole Amazon Prime wave and Google Play and Hulu and all of that stuff, man, that's a good wave. Especially when, um, when you know, you could just tell people go check your workout, and it's, and it's fast and easy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, and then, and then at the end of the day, too, you know, the, the royalties behind it, it, we all want to get paid for our films. You know, our, we all want to get paid for our work. You know, um, so that that also is a good thing. You know, the more people that go watch it or click it, the more, the more you know, a little bit of ching 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 you get. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, indeed. Which, which goes to our, our our last topic is about budgets. Now, obviously, you know, I think maybe one of the biggest challenges being the indie filmmaker is coming up with that budget. How do you work around that, and how do you how do you create that? How do you how are you able to fund these projects and get them out there? And do you feel like you have to work even harder than the majors because it's indie and it's in the budget maybe not be as large? I, I could take this absolutely. Absolutely. Um, for me, um, when you know what you're doing, I feel like it's easy. Okay. You know, it, it 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 takes things off when you have a want to create a good creative team behind you. Um, how I always start off is after I finish writing, you know, these 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 uh these scripts that I write, I try to write where I can shoot it. I don't try to do the whole you got to have a studio behind and all. I just try to shoot things, write things where I can shoot it and just get it out. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the goal. Um, uh, as far as the budget goes. When you have, you know, non-union, everybody know the difference between the non-union actors and the union actors. You know, with the non-union, everyone just want an opportunity to just show their face. You know what I'm saying? And um, I, I, I think that's where the budget part come in. Because the, the most money, some of it goes to, to production and some of it goes to the actors. You know, when you get to the next level as, as the SAG actors. But I just say once you, once you know what you want to shoot, and you have your DP, and you got your, you know, the the, the, the audio and the sound, the mixer, the, the light, the gaffer, all that stuff. Then you can work things through, you know. Um, it don't take it don't take a million dollars to make a movie, especially now with all the all the technology, technology, yeah, cameras and stuff that's coming. You know, you mm-hmm. can shoot you can shoot a movie under a five thousand dollars, a whole feature, you know. Yep. Um. Um. Got- you know, and, and, and get, yeah, get things done. It's just about the eye that you gotta have in the team. You know, so I'll say um, the budget is really what you make it, and 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 around the people that that want to just be passionate to work with you. Okay. Yeah. And I think I think also, too to add baby. to that was um, it's just kind of knowing where. I mean, it's a learning curve, but uh, like Jamar kind of said, 
knowing where to spend your money is a big key. Because um, you can waste money doing a bunch of stuff that won't add any value to your to your uh, project. But just kind of understanding where, like you may want to spend some extra money in post if you have it versus spending money on the location that doesn't really make or break the film. So um, just kind of learning those things, I think, actually is a big help. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, think, well, this is, this is, sorry, um, I'm back on what both of them just said, Jamar, um, and he's absolutely right, and I want to add something to that that a lot of people may not know about us, is that my brother and I, pretty much, the last two films that we just did, we did pretty much with no budget, and I'm saying that to say that people read the screenplay, and we got 30 people pretty much to volunteer their time, to volunteer everything that they wanted to do, the film that we just got finished doing, was a true story about uh, two brothers from South Africa who were pretty much accused of terrorism. I don't want to give the story away, but uh, my brother and I played the lead characters, and, and again, like Jamar said, we didn't have a million dollars. People read that screenplay, and they Googled the story, and they saw all the, you know, with all the injustices going on with everybody being accused of terrorism just because you were a kooky, and, you, you know, they were just like, yeah, this is a great story. This is something I want on my resume. This is not you know, just just a, a film that was just thrown together, you can see that this is a powerful message. And, yeah, did we have somebody financing it? Nope. But guess what? We just wrapped the film last weekend. So, Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You know what? Can I uh, chime in here? This is Max. Yeah, go ahead, Max. You, you was waiting for a minute. I just wanted to say, yes, right on to the other uh, brothers, uh, Definitely, and I think um, one of the important things, too, is to work with the resources that you have and the Thank people, um, as you all said, that, that want to uh, get it done. And um, when yes. you have that mentality and you have the script that works, you know, a story that people can resonate with, it, the rest will take care of itself. But I think it's really important exactly. to learn as much as you can about all of the various elements that go into a production so that you do not put yourself out of the game before you get into the game. It's so important to write with the resources that you have in mind and then to um, cast very well and, and, and to know how to shoot your film and to edit your film and, and uh, how all the different elements work on set because you really don't need a lot of people to create a great film. You need a lot of really hungry people that are, that are you know, on board with the, the vision, and uh, yep. that's what yep. makes good movies. Now, Dawson, just to piggyback off that, Max, I'm, I'm in the process of shooting a, a movie right now as well, you know, that uh, I'm doing, and a lot of it comes from resources, like you just said, and I was going to mention that, you know, resources is, like, key. Uh, when you write a script and piggybacking off of Jamar and other gentlemen said, when you have a script and you know what you want to write and you know what you want to do, you know, you kind of write with the resources in mind, you know, so exactly. if you know you don't have a, a major budget to be able to put out on the film. If you know you got your, your, your Aunt Nettie house, your grandma house that's going like, you know, say, hey, whenever you want to come through, you know, you make sure you write your film to, to those things where, you know, it really, really works for your film. The location works for your film. You know, exactly. understanding those things. And I think even if you can't find, uh, uh, like, when you talk about location, I think in films, locations are really key and what makes a film, you know, quality from inquality. Uh, mm-hmm. And you don't have to have money to get a location, like the brother was just saying. He had businesses that jumped on board because they read his story. You know, so mm-hmm. I think just being able to be able to get that information out there, allow people to see your story, hear your story, so many people are going to volunteer and want to be a part of the process 
that, you know, the, the fact of paying for anything never really comes to mind. You know, so I think that just starts really to, to happen when we get into, like, you know, SAG and those things of that nature. And even still, SAG projects, you know, you think they pay for everything? No, they have resources, you know, and they tap into their resources to save on a budget, you know. So it's the same thing, but just on a lower scale with us. Awesome, awesome. Well, listen, folks, let's wrap up, but I want to thank you all for taking time out your schedule. I'm going to go through each person, and I want you to... Uh, I, I want you to answer the question, why you make films or why you, why do you do films and tell us where we can keep up with you on social media. And if you have anything that's about to come out, you want to drop, let us know. Let's start with you, uh, Jamar. Why do you make films? Oh man. <laughs> um, I make films from the passion, bro. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. If it wasn't for this, I wouldn't know what I'd be doing in life no more. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm creative. And talented but um my passion became filmmaking um affecting people telling stories that just haven't been told and um and um entertaining you know what i'm saying yeah. at the end of the day this is all entertain entertainment you know we want to we want to see how we want to touch people in ways um you know because movies and music is just the, the, the two the two most um um the word I'm looking for most effective uh industries, you know. Um so I, I just say that the the passion, the emotions of being a filmmaker is, is uh is uh damn bro, I just lost the turn of my phone. Tell me a question one more time. Tell me question It was why you make films and where we can keep up with you on uh social media. There we go. There we go. <laughs> That's why I make films for the people, bro. For the people, man. Yeah. And um, I mean, you can find you can find me on Instagram and social media. Everything is under Jamar Hill. J A H M A R H I L L. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a open book. So any questions, I'm always responding if I have the time. But um, you know, this is me for the rest of my life, man. Until until God calls me home. All right, David Jarrell. Why do you make films? Uh, well, for me, I think it's uh, kind of like Jamar. It's, uh, if I'm not being able to write and create and tell stories, it's just like seems like my existence is in uh, you know, is in vain. You know, you know they say on your tombstone it's only the dash that matters. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of how I'm feeling about you know creating films and telling stories and you know people that can't tell their own story. What Tori stories that need to be said and people you know are you know kind of uh shy to tell certain stories it's just that uh, i just love the art as a, as a whole um there's just so many ways and opportunities to express yourself through, through film and you know video um you know there's no there's no filter um, yeah. it doesn't have to be a filter um so yeah to this <laughs> like 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 you must say to the day i, I totally agree with you i hear um, that yeah. where can we keep up with you yeah so uh, I'm David Durrell, uh Facebook, Instagram, uh, Monarch Motion Media, um, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, got a short film, Mercy, on Amazon Prime. So check it out. Um, 
and I'm going to defer to Chief Head because Steve kind of helps me with social media because I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm his handler. I'm his handler. Aside from cameras and stuff, technology, I'm ready to go back to the pager, man. This is getting crazy. Not the pager. <laughs> <laughs> Chief Head, since he diverted to you, why do you make films? Oh, man, for the inspiration. I mean, that's that's the whole reason that I'm here is mm-hmm. inspiration. I like to give it and I love to absorb it. It's just that's just what life is about. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you can find me here on the Stephen Knight Show every Monday night at ten o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And um, absolutely, TK everywhere yeah. else. Check me out. Um, and and I have to finish what Damon didn't finish. Um, Amazon, we have Mercy streaming down on Amazon. The Sly Film, check out the trailer. It's streaming down somewhere on your social media. Coming soon, probably 2019, Damon, maybe? Yeah, I would definitely yeah. think so. Okay. And uh, we're still um, in post-production on Providence movie. So, yeah. Nice. Coming. Good stuff. Good nice. stuff. Max Cole. All right, all right, man. Again, another shout-out to all the gentlemen on this call, man. This is fantastic. Uh, as I sit through traffic driving it through L.A., <laughs> i got to tell you guys, the reason why is I love storytelling. Uh, not only that, it's the collaborative process of cinema and, and working with people to produce something uh, as a team that is infectious. Um, mm. the, the creative energy that comes from that is, is second to none. And that feeling you get when you go into a movie theater and you leave that theater at the end of that is powerful. Mm. And cinema, I feel, is trans, it's, it's just, it's transformative. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the, the lives that we can impact with cinema through this vehicle is, is just uh, second to none. So love every part of the process, love talking about it, love looking at it, love everything that has to do with cinema so it's it's just uh it's a blessing to be able to uh, tell stories um people can uh, follow me on social media max cole films maxcolefilms.com as well i use instagram too from time to time but uh man it's just a blessing to have an opportunity to uh you know powwow with all these other creatives here this is fantastic so we appreciate you mark johnson likewise yeah, um, kind of just to piggyback of everybody, you know, I, I love the creative process of filmmaking. Um, I love storytelling. Uh, being so that going from, I used to be an actor, you know, going from actor and creator, you know, understanding both sides of the business, just being able to give other actors an opportunity to be able to show their talent mm. and to be able to showcase what they have, you know, and bring something to the world, uh, I just I feel like that was my purpose was to you know explore and to be able to push up other people, and I've been blessed to be able to do that through film. Um, I have my uh, own movie coming out called The Hustle, uh, be premiering in February February 10th at the International House of Philadelphia, and uh, nice. the trailer actually dropping December 15th. You know, so um, I, I really I really like I said I just love the process. I love the craft. And I uh, love the cinematography behind everything, more so of anything. I'm more so shooting uh, films now 
you know, so just the whole process is going going on behind that. Um, but the people could find me on Instagram at Showtime the Shooter, and uh, on Facebook it's Mark Johnson, and on Twitter it's Mark Johnson as well. Nice, and I thank nice. everybody, you know, for coming out tonight and uh, being able to hear everybody's perspective and take on the film business. And I definitely look forward to getting a firm request from anybody that I don't know here uh, tonight. Mm-hmm. That way we can connect and keep this thing going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was. Yes, sir. Um, the reason why I make films, uh, I love, I love uh, making films. And um, the, the great thing about the film medium to me is that if you love music, you can put it into film. If you mm-hmm. love art, you can put it into film. If you mm-hmm. love the spoken word, you can put it into film. You can go backwards, you can go forwards. You, you know what I mean? You can do anything with film if you can't do it so many other mediums. Yeah. That is, to me is the ultimate expression. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's why, that's why I love uh, making films. And, and, um, and uh, my, my film true story is on Amazon as well. And um, uh, you can reach me at uh, Rasheed Wild on Facebook. I'm not, I'm not a big media guy. I need a handler too, you know what I mean? I'm not <laughs> a big, uh, you know what I mean? I'm not a big social media guy, but, um, you know, you can always reach out to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, 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 I'm always down to connect with some brothers, and, and it's good to talk to you brothers, man, and um, get your perspectives and everything. And I'm, 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 I was so happy to be part of this. We appreciate you. The Farm Twins. Uh, Trevor. Yes, sir. Why do you make films? Um, so I, I, I honestly have to say, um, you, you know, it's, it's just great to hear everybody uh, on this on this call and that, you know, I, I appreciate it hearing so many uh you know great filmmakers have you know pretty much the same perspectives on things being you know independent minority filmmakers um for me uh, i'm going to piggyback on what max and i believe mark both said is that as an actor the great thing about making movies is that once this project is done you know you give somebody the opportunity for you know two hours just to be able to step inside this screen and be a part of this story that's being told and forget about all their problems all the bills all the their wives cheating on them, you know, whatever <laughs> maybe going to, you forget about all of that while you're watching this person perform, you know, this story and, and you know, tell this story. And, you know, the, the, the one thing I appreciate with everybody is that not one person on this phone mentioned anything about money or anything about awards or anything. We don't do this, you know what I mean? A true filmmaker, a true actor, director that we don't do this because we want to see what the paycheck is going to be. We mm-hmm. do this because this is, who God, you know, made us. I tell people all the time, I remember my brother and I back in, the, you know, since the third grade, we were always the kids that when the teacher left the classroom, we got up in front of the classroom and we just started doing stuff. That's just what we did. And we did, we weren't saying, hey, this is going to make me rich one day. We were just performers and we like to entertain and, you know, that's our passion. And now that's what we do when, when you put a film together. You're doing what you love. You want people to love what you love. It's not about a salary. It's not about, you know, a, what. We do it because this is just, you know, who God made us. Everybody on this phone, God pretty much touched you and inspired you to take whatever it is that you have inside of you and put it into a film. And that's, that's a blessing. It's a blessing, man. It's it is. Um, and, and in closing, I would like to say I hope that, you know, one day everybody on this phone, we can get together on a, on a film. I mean, you know, that, that would be amazing if we could all collaborate on a project together. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Where can they keep up with you on social media? Oh, so pretty much it's easy to find us. Um, Troy Trevor Parham. Everything we have, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Troy Trevor Parham, and then our company is Twin Tone Entertainment. 
It's, it's really simple. You can find that. Right. Um, that's, that's pretty much how you find us, and we're very reachable. So. All right. And Troy, yeah. why, do you, why do you make films? Um, you know, I think <laughs> it's funny. Everybody on this phone pretty much already said it best, and I think right. we all pretty much do it for the same reason. But um, one other thing is I just want to be able to, you know, inspire the next voice and the next storyteller and, you know, let people know that if you have you have a story to tell and you know you want to be an actor you know you want to play characters and you want to inspire other people and you want to show people that they can change or there's hope or there's you know whatever positive message that you're, you want to send out there you can do that through you know acting you can do that through screenwriting and if I can inspire if I can reach people to, to want to do that then you know that's the only reason I didn't hear mentioned but they covered everything that was just one thing that I want to add I want to get other storytellers and other filmmakers to come out and tell these great stories and you know because we got to leave off somewhere if we get done somebody else got to pick up right that's true so mm-hmm. we want to make, sure they, make sure that they know how to do it and we you know we feel like we were a part of teaching them how to do that so that's true that's true well listen i want to thank you all gentlemen for joining us tonight and giving your perspectives i wish you nothing but continued success in your careers your films can't wait to see the what's out what's to come and I want to remind everyone listening that next week we invite the ladies to give them their perspective on what it's like to be a filmmaker. Gentlemen, have a great night and thanks again. All right. We're right back after this. Music machine. Lyrics. This is right Yeah, boy. Word. Look, look, the product of housing tenements. Trial, trial, blending with the innocent. Yeah. It's to the moon like we chasing stars. Drinks in the air, my we about to raise the yeah. bar. High Valerian can speak it, then can't eat with us. The Wayne Martin, these this is just some seat fillers. Teach, level up, they see the growth. Cryptocurrency, Bitcoins, so who need the most? Yeah. Look, was quick to one, squeeze the toast. These days, about my bread, so I see a loaf. Greedy. Couple plates, we gon' eat the most. Point game, if we trail, at least we keep it close. Yeah, yeah. Sipping toast, sipping in moderation. Huh. It was written in a proclamation. My obligation to the fairest to will. Give food for thought till they cherish the meal. Swerve it and pill. Yeah. Chicks, notice the squad. I ain't talking for an exchange when I study abroad. Know the facade. Got a slunching up and out of guard. Talking about portfolios and profit yeah. margins. Yeah. We done finally reached the pinnacle. Yeah. Without compromising the principles. Life Overseas, different interviews. Back then, you to do it for the minimum. We don't finally reach the pinnacle. Yeah. Without compromising okay. the principles. Yeah. Life good. Overseas, different Listen. interviews. Back then, you to do it for the minimum. Deep slumber, sleep till we see numbers. Yeah. In the vision, seen it like Steve Wonder. Each summer hit a monetary apex. Lifestyle's much more than having safe sex. Strategic talk, dudes who don't pay chess. That's starving, only getting a taste test. Put the sores, finish wines and poured it. Learn the game from ballers that stay scoreless. Rap my, we paint portraits. Spitting riddles like we socially awkward. Pyrex jaws to the corporate office. Catapulted movements was flawless. We about to take a sabbatical. Yeah. Got the brand, the crown's just collateral. Yeah. 
We patrolling different avenues. Life's a bitch. Used to want to marry you. Look, it's kind of hard to think practical. Think it's simple to new rational. Lack of aptitude. Now we down to Georgia Shore. Authoritative. If you spill it, then it's where we love. Coded language. Shit you never heard before. Verbal onslaught. Like, what do you want to hurt me for? Dig. I'm a lyrical enthusiast. Mumble rap, meet these niggas with a crucifix. We used to listen with exuberance. Yeah. Think they bars coming from a lack of tutelage. Sewing jabs like a pugilist. Not the best, I suggest you go review your list. We don't finally reach the pinnacle. Yeah. Without compromising the principles. Life good, overseas, different interviews. Back then, used to do it for the minimum. We don't finally reach the pinnacle. Yeah.
Hey, what's up, y'all? It's the First Lady Faith Evans, and you're listening to The Stephen Knight Show. Welcome back to The Stephen Knight Show. Adam, how's it going? Uh, it's going well, Steve. How are you? I'm good. I know you're a foodie, so you probably can't wait for uh, Thanksgiving, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> short week and lots of food. So. What are you and the missus doing? We're actually going to go visit... Um, her family there. We're all going to Baltimore. Her sister oh, nice. for Thanksgiving, so uh, we'll be up there in that area. Okay. Uh, so it should be pretty fun. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Well, I'll let you two take it away with uh, movie reviews. Sure thing. Uh, I'll kick off. So I caught up on three movies in the past uh, couple of weeks, and no one uh, you guys talked about a while ago. But I'll I'll kick it off briefly. So I did go see Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, and for anyone unfamiliar, it does follow the story of Queen uh, and mainly Freddie Mercury and his life and ending with his uh, with Queen's Live Aid performance uh, in 1984 at Wembley Stadium. And this movie, best way I could describe it, it was good. It was fun. It's definitely a fun movie. Uh, you get to see the background of how some of their songs were made. Um, Rami Malek, who plays... Freddie Mercury does a great job uh, into the role. Uh, but besides that, it was, it was missing a little bit. And I do warn people, and the movie does make a point, not to say it's based on a true story. There are a lot of true events, but there are a lot of things that did not happen as the movie made it. So just be aware, um, you know, you there's not a full kind of biography in that sense. But, um, you know, these songs are awesome, and Queen was you know, the top end at its time and people love them and the songs everyone sings along with. Uh, so definitely if you're looking for a fun movie, this won't disappoint. Um, and I think even all around the acting was great. So um, I hope you agree you guys. I don't know um, what your thoughts were. Oh, yeah. It was, it was thumbs up for me. I recommended it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a fun movie that'll have you checking out their playlist on Spotify. Uh, the next movie I saw was Overlord, and this one kind of um, came out of nowhere for me. I wasn't too familiar about it, but I saw a lot of posters uh, on the streets for it. And this is best described as a Wolfenstein video game made into a movie. And for anyone that's unaware, it follows the story of this army unit that's uh, landing in behind enemy lines before D-Day. Their mission is to take out this radio tower so they can get communications to the troops that are going to be landing on D-Day. 
And along the way, they discovered that there's this secret uh, facility that's doing testing on soldiers and turn them into super soldiers, turn them into villains, things like that. And as you can imagine, as anyone who's ever played a first-person shooter video game, it kind of follows that whole storyline. And honestly, for me, I would say the first 15 minutes when they land behind enemy lines was amazing. And I was really psyched up uh, for that. But afterwards, it fell apart for me. The dialogue was kind of bad. The acting overall wasn't great. Uh, you know, this was produced by J.J. Abrams, so I had a little bit more hope for it. But overall, it was very predictable you're watching a video game. Um, so, again, if you're looking for something a little different, a little bit more action-y, check it out. Otherwise, this one, I think, is a direct uh, streaming movie. Just wait until it comes out on Netflix. Okay. And, yeah, and for my final one, I saw A Private War. And this one, is, it's, you're getting a small release, and it's getting bigger release uh, in other theaters as time goes on. But it's a another biographical drama, and it follows war journalist Marie Colvin. And this is a person I had no idea who she was before I seen this movie. And she was a war journalist that really covered very important um, incidents, starting with, you know, the Iraq invasion. She was in Afghanistan. She was in Libya when things were falling apart. It, it, her, her life ends while she's in Homs, Syria, covering the atrocities there. And this movie, uh, out of the three, was my favorite. Uh, it stars Rosamund Pike as Marie Colvin, and she does a great job of transforming herself into this person that we don't get to see a lot of these war journalists and what they have to go through, but you really get a good sense and kind of the, the seriousness of what she saw, and especially in Syria, what's still going on today with you know people dying and... Uh, people, innocent civilians trapped between two warring factions, just kind of running out of supplies, running out of food, running out of medical attention. So I uh, highly recommend this one. If you want to see something, it's definitely not for the weak of heart, so be aware of that. But this one will definitely give you a good insight of, uh, you know, what continues to go on in the world today. So highly recommend. Nice. Any awards for that one, do you think? Uh, I think so... It might get a nomination for something. I don't know. Uh, Rosamund Pike might get a nomination for Best Actress. She does a real good job uh, in the role. And, she, you know, seeing uh, after the movie end, you can see a little clip of the real Marie Colvin, and she looks almost like her, so it's a very good representation. We'll see what happens. You know, it's so tough. It might get bogged down by other films coming out in the next, you know, week until award season, but we'll see. Okay. So the film that I saw was The Front Runner, which stars Hugh Jackman, and he's playing uh, disgraced uh, presidential candidate, Democratic Gary, excuse me, Gary Hart in 1988. I don't know if you remember before there was Dukakis, there was Gary Hart, and then there was the scandal where he was uh, he had been uh, cheating on his wife, and they found out, and this was. A monumental situation simply because this is the first time that the tabloids took a part in the political part. This is the first time that the news changed to what it is now through this scandal. They basically used um, the smear campaign to discredit him when he had to drop out of the race. 
So this movie, which Hugh Jackman does so beautifully, um, stars Gary Hart, and he brings it home. He he just Hugh Jackman is that dude to me. There's nothing that he can't do, and I'm he he's just one of those bankable artists for me that any movie that he's going to be in is going to sell, just because he's he's that good. And if you think about what he's done since he's you know been Wolverine, the the variance of roles that he's played, he's dynamic, and he brings it home again to this movie. It probably won't be one that you'll go to the theater to see, but it definitely is one that you will want to watch in your living room because it's a good film. And if you were around during the 1988 part, we all know what that scandal was and how that man's dirty laundry just got spilled out into everyone's living room. Mm-hmm. I wasn't born yet. <clears throat> Neither was I. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That, I think I've heard about it, you know, in history or something. No, no. Was it? But it was good. Um, now. Who's saying, Adam? So, so this is, from what I heard, this is a Hugh Jackman's uh, Oscar attempt. What do you yes. think? What did you think, Chica? I think that he could pull it off. I think that he could pull it off. This this was good. Perfect. This was beyond good, actually. Nice, nice. I saw a movie as well, guys, yesterday. I went what and saw think? Widows with a Viola Davis. How is that? Uh-huh. It was a great, great movie. It was kind of weird, but it was really, it was really good. Um, for me, a standout performance: Cynthia Irvino, Irvino. She's from Broadway, but she plays in this role too. And and you know they they were promoting it, and it's usually Viola Davis, Elizabeth uh, Debicki, and Michelle Rodriguez who've been promoting it. But she should be on it because she's just she's just as much in the film as they are. But she does an amazing job. I knew she, she's an amazing singer, but I didn't know she could act. She did a great job acting. You could tell she did her own stunts because it looked just like, I mean, it was her. You could see her doing it. Um, but it was a really good movie, I have to say. Um, Viola Davis is not disappoint for me. I'm team her all day. Um, but it was a lot of interesting twist. I don't, you know, I, I'm not a movie reviewer, but I want to give it away. But a lot of interesting twist in the movie. It's a really good movie, though. And then the guy from um, Black Panther and... Um, and um, what's the one where the, they had get, the t- out. get out? Yeah, uh, Daniel Kalua. He was in there. I yes. could I couldn't mm-hmm. stand his character, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, no, it was a really good movie. It was a really good movie. So I recommend everybody go see it. That's my little two cents. Yeah, that's that's it's actually on my list. Yeah, between Creed and Aquaman. Oh, yeah. and I, I have an, I have something to say. Anyone that has Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. you will be able to see Aquaman a week before everyone else in the world. Oh, wow. If you have Amazon Prime, please research, Google it. There's a site. Actually, if you're, if you're following me on Facebook, I did post it up. If you have Amazon Prime, click on that link, and you can purchase your tickets to see it a whole week before everyone else in the world can. Only Amazon Prime people. Only nice. Amazon Prime. Nice, nice, nice. All right, anything coming down the pipeline other than um, like obviously Creed two and all that? Oh man, a million things. Um, I think this week has since it's Thanksgiving week we got uh, movies for everyone. So uh, Creed two, of course, 
comes out on Wednesday. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, the sequel to Wreck-It Ralph, comes out on Wednesday. Uh, for some reason, they made another Mo- uh, Robin Hood movie. I'm sorry, Ben Egerton from <laughs> yeah from Kingsman fame, but yep, that's coming out on Wednesday. So we have we have three three big movies, and then of course uh, later this week, you know, The Green Book, uh, starring uh, Viggo Mortensen and Marshal Ali, looks really good. Comes out as well. Um, so it's it's a big it's a big release week. So you you will have a lot of movies to watch over the holiday if you haven't come around to seeing anything. Awesome. And uh, you heard it here first. That Green Book movie. You heard it here first. That Green Book movie is going to be the one to watch at the Oscars. That one. Mm, mm. What are you watching on TV? I know, uh, Adam, since you've been out so much lately, uh, <laughs> Chick and I have been discussing. Yeah. We've been discussing what we watch on TV. You know, because there are a lot of great shows out now. What do you watch? Do you watch TV? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen the TV from time to time, and um, I've been watching. So you know, The Man in High Castle season three just came out. We've been meaning to watch that. Um, the Marvelous Miss Maisel, which came out last winter and was like only about six or eight episodes, was a great uh, Amazon Prime show that came out. But not too much besides that. Really. Uh, so uh, my family hasn't seen Lost. We've been watching that, uh, kind of rewatching that, and you know that's a fun show. But it's, of course, over a decade old. Besides that, nothing else new or nothing on TV. Okay. So I started watching Homecoming. With Julia Roberts. Oh yeah, on Amazon Prime. Check that out. That's really, really good. It is good. Surprisingly okay. good. Not I figured with her in it, it would be good. good work, but yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm okay, still. Yeah, I'll check that out. I'm still watching my shows. Nine One One comes on tonight with Angela Bassett. I watch um, This Is Us. A million reasons why. Um, Greenleaf. Oh my God. Greenleaf. I think it's season. Yeah, it's right? season finale is. Um, this week, well, no, I think it's next week because of holidays, but it is amazing. Um, what else am I watching? Um, many reasons why I said that. Um, it's a whole lot. Oh, Star, Empire, Wednesday is oh, my... I, uh, uh, Go ahead. Almost mm-hmm. forgot. Uh, one more show on Netflix, The Bodyguard. It's really, really good. It's good? Really good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of good TV. A lot of good TV. All right, guys. As always, I thank you for letting us know what to spend our money on, what not to. I hope you have an amazing Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much. And uh, we'll be back in December. Absolutely. All right. Have a good holiday. All right. Right back after this. Nothing.
This is Janera, and you're listening to the Stephen Knight Show. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Aaron Cosby, how's it going, man? Stephen Knight, Stephen Knight, Stephen Knight. Man, what's up, what's up, what's up? It um, is Thanksgiving week. You got anything planned? Uh, no. Um, other than work. I mean, I don't want to sound like a a broken record, so I'm I'm not going to say that I, that, that I have work to do and studies to do. <laughs> well, that's 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 real right now. That's reality, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my Thanksgiving will be the second week of December. Oh, okay, okay. Second week, yeah. Once the finals are over and everything, you can just relax for a minute. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know if if I do go anywhere, it'll be something quick. Okay, I got you. It's like a little day trip or something. Yeah. yeah. What right. about you? Well, we're doing Friendsgiving here. Miss Parker is cooking, um, which she's amazing. I need my t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, the t-shirts. And listen, the t-shirts are available now on our website, thestevenightshow.com. You can get the t-shirts now. Right now, they're only they're in black and white. Like we have the black t-shirt with the uh, white writing, and we have the white t-shirts with the black writing. And I'm telling you, they're great shirts. Because you know, sometimes you get Those t-shirts, you get t-shirts, and they don't fit right or. Right. It doesn't shape, you know. These t-shirts are amazing, and so I, uh, yeah. I was so jealous. I'm like, where, where is mine? Uh, everyone's been asking about them. In the mail somewhere. It's in the mail. <laughs> everyone's been asking about these t-shirts, and I mean, they turned out really great. And so, uh, it is. Like, I, I was like, well, I'm like, that makes so much sense. It's like, yeah, it's a walking billboard. Like, yeah, exactly. And, and are going to ask questions. Yeah. Like, Who's that? What is? Everyone asked. Yeah. Uh, Miss Parker and I just some. Um, some uh, volunteer work over the weekend, um, uh, and we wore the shirts. And everyone's asking, "What's the Stephen I show? What's the Stephen I show?" And so it was a great, you know. There you go. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Speaking of the Stephen I show, um, are you going to try to get um, Ronnie DeVoe or his wife or something? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I'm very curious about this. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> We talked about that in Hot Topics. It is, they're they're yeah, interesting okay. couple. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they're interesting um, couple. But yeah, yeah. I, but 
let me just say this: their twins are adorable. Yeah, they are. They, they are. Just, yeah. Yeah, they're attractive family. They're just interesting they personalities. They are. They are. Yeah. They are. They are. They are. They are. All right, sports. Here we go. I was talking um, about you yesterday, by the way. I was out and about, watch, about and I was watching the the Falcons and the Cowboys game, and and how the Falcons did <laughs> what they do best. I said, like, "Hey, Ron. Hey, Ron's having, gonna have a fit. You gonna have a fit? The Lost Falcons in the, the can't nobody do the Falcons better than the Falcons. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So the um the um new F word is Falcons. <laughs> right. They that lost Falcons up, man. At the last minute, twenty two to nineteen. What, what were your thoughts on the game? Falcons. <laughs> typical. The typical Falcons. I mean, yeah. they gonna falcon it. Yeah. They, fa- they gonna falcon it up every time. They falcon it up every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. They suck. They suck. <laughs> they I meant to text you because I was thinking about you. The minute the day I hit that field goal, the Cowboys said, I said, everyone's going to have a fit. I mean, and it's such a beautiful stadium. Yeah. It's such a beautiful stadium downtown Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Atlanta is such a nice city. Yeah. It deserves better. It deserves so much better. Mm -hmm. The Falcons fans are such passionate fans. Oh, they are. Yeah. Have a great fan base. Atlanta sports, at least with with regards to the Falcons mm-hmm. and the Braves, are a solid fan base. Yeah, the fan, that's a whole that's a whole another conversation. Right, but right. Falcons die hard. People love their Falcons, but this is just this is re- ridiculous, man. Like it's it's just crazy. Yeah, wow. yeah. And yeah. I, I don't want to say that it's. The coach, because it's like every few years, it's like there's always a new coach, and I want like I want to believe in this system. I want to believe in the um, coach and his philosophy. Right. But I don't know, man. Like it's, but again, what what do, what have I told you before? It seems like the players in that in Atlanta, with regards to the Falcons. At least they always got their little hands on their hips, yeah. And you know this is too much, and I don't, you know, twenty-eight-three <laughs> <laughs> again. Oh my goodness! Like yeah. it's, 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 it's wow. Look, he said, "I'm sorry." Or one of the Falcons. <laughs> you can't understand it, huh? <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> oh. Oh my goodness! This is hard to do. Actually, win a football game. Oh my goodness! Like it's, that's, that's what they give me. That's what they give me. You crazy boy! You can follow my my comedy show, man, on Instagram, on Facebook. Right. Cause well, art. Anyway, yeah, Falcon, Falcon that up. What about um? Well, okay, hold on, hold on. But I gotta give my props to the Dallas Cowboys because mm-hmm. they were struggling. Like both both teams were struggling. Right. Yeah. And it just it just went the other team's way. Now um, so, yeah. hey, props Dallas. You know, hey, you all y'all might they they might if they can really start you know winning more than just one game in a row. If the um, if I'm Dallas can actually put up a nice solid second half mm-hmm. of the um, season, they could squeak in 
to the playoffs. The Washington Redskins are not a solid team. Like Dallas could easily run the um, table and could easily win the NFC East. And the Redskins lost. And, and also yeah. now that the um, now that Alex Alex Smith is pretty much done as quarterback for the um, for the um, Redskins. Mm-hmm. So the quarterback issues. Washington could easily lose a lot of games coming up. And if Dallas wins and then Washington loses, then there you go. It's true. Got the Dallas Cowboys in there. So we'll see. Oh, the Saints, I've been talking to some um, Saints fans. Uh They are clowny. Like, they are like, they cannot wait to go to Atlanta to watch their team win the Super Bowl in Atlanta. They oh, wow. that they are going to turn Atlanta out because you know The Saints blew the Eagles out yesterday. The Falcons, yeah, that is a rivalry. Like the Saints Falcons, it's it's like bloody. Yeah. It's bloody. Yeah. It's it's fun, but it's like it's it's intense. It is intense. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They are saying they are a about to turn Atlanta into the uh, French Quarter, which I said, please do, please, mm-hmm. do. please, please, yeah. please, please. Well, they blew out the Eagles yesterday, forty-eight to seven. I mean, oh, did, yes, did yes, the Eagles yes, even yes, show up? <laughs> the Eagles are still at, at the at last year's Super Bowl, right? right? Like they, you know, but you know what? Hey, they, the the um, Eagles got got their Super Bowl. They didn't. Like, mm, they, I was going to say, man. Because, okay, listen to this. The Eagles played the exact same team that the Falcons played. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles did not have a 28-3 lead. No. The Eagles had to, they, they worked, they, they, mm, mm. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Mindset, mindset, Philadelphia, they just hard, you know, blue-collar, tough, you know, grimy team, they, they are not going to just think that it's that it's done. Hand on their head. Oh my god! Like, nah, we're <laughs> going to beat you. We know the that um that we're going to beat you. The Falcons. They we got a twenty-eight three lead. Hey, let's chill. <laughs> right, exactly. It, yeah, they just chill. They mm-hmm. were ordering, I guess, rings already and and bottles of champagne. And, right, they were doing what Hillary did. Y'all. <laughs> the twenty sixteen election. <laughs> had the balloons ready, champagne Ooh. on deck. <laughs> they had everything on deck. Yeah. They was like, yo, we got this, and they got played. Yeah. And they got played yesterday. And they're, this whole season they've been played, and they got played last season. And they're going to continue to get played until they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, they gotta win that. Period. They gotta Period. win that. Like, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I would say that they have to actually play Tom Brady and the Patriots again. But mm. I'll even let like, no, just let them win the Super Bowl at this point. Right. That's exactly. probably not gonna happen again. Mm. They definitely need to win it though. Yeah. But it would be great if they could do it against Tom Brady, but that's probably not gonna happen. So yeah. So all right. Predictions. NFL. Right now. Hear me out. In the Super Bowl, I got man, I'm Saints, and in the AFC, I don't know the uh, Patriots. I don't know they. I'm I'm liking Kansas City, but I'm also liking Pittsburgh. Like Pittsburgh is like quietly 
because they were down 16 nothing against Jacksonville yesterday mm-hmm. on the road in Jacksonville. And came back and won it. Pittsburgh came back and scored 20 unanswered points in the second half. Yeah. And yeah. Um, won the game 20 to um, 16. 16. Yeah, they sure did. So it's an ugly win. I mean, Pittsburgh's game is very ugly, but it's effective. And they don't quit. They are like the Patriots. Like, they don't quit. They do not quit. If I'm down 15, 20, huh, okay, cool. I'll just it's not over. beat you by, like, three points. You know, yeah, yeah so, exactly. Yeah. So, I'm going to say Saints. Ah, man. I don't know. The AFC, it could be a toss-up. So, ah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Saints and Pittsburgh. But – who would I? Who, okay, this is this, okay, real quick. The team that I, the um, two teams that I would love to see would be the Patriots and the Saints, just because I want to see Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Mm. I just think that that would be epic, just epic, epic, epic. So that's what I want to see. Okay, who do I think is going to win? I, I don't think that the Patriots, as of right now, are going can beat um, Kansas City. On the road because it looks like Kansas City, if things are still going to go, if things are going the way that they're going now, Kansas City will be the top team in the AFC, which means that they'll have home field advantage throughout the um, playoffs, which means that the Patriots would have to go to Kansas City to, to play them in probably the AFC championship game. Yeah. And although they played each other earlier this season, and the Patriots won in Fox, Foxborough. The Patriots barely won. And Kansas City was kind of nervous that first half, but but played excellent ball. They came back, half, yeah. And they mm-hmm. lost, I believe, by like three points or something. Like, it was very close game, great game. I think Kansas City is even better now than they were then, and they'll be at home, and I think that it will be a different story. And I think Tom Brady will be running for his life to try not to get sacked. And All right. <laughs> But, so there we go. All right. Uh, That's all I got, man. Unless you want to talk about um, the Lakers. Well, briefly, we're running out of time, but go ahead, briefly. What do you want to talk about the Lakers? The Lakers doing okay. They all right. I mean, it's it's still early. Again, like I said in the past, right? um, they just need a couple of tweaks here and there. Get rid of a few players, bring in. Uh, a, a um, few more players and let let LeBron be Bron and the second half I think is is it'll it'll get better. It'll get better. I, okay. I think it's definitely going, going to get better, and I see them making the playoffs. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll be watching. Definitely, we'll be watching. All um, right. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Happy Thanksgiving to you, and I hope you get a plate yeah. somewhere. <laughs> somewhere get a plate. I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there, Bron. Well, enjoy enjoy your uh, your holiday. All right, man. Thank you. Same to you. All right, right back after this. Coming out, I overcame all the drama now. 
I'm going strong on my bounce back. My setback got me on track. Now every day it's a new task. Face my fears covered up underneath the mask. I had to ease my mind from the crazy shit. Adjusted for the perfect fit. Scars from my past, but surrounded with the counterfeit. All I need in this life is me. No stress, no pain, feel free. Look around, up and down, can't you see? All I need, all I need is me. Let me catch the grips. Control my attitude, let me lock my lips. And when they pop the clips, I push the anchor down, then I rock the ship. Yo, I've been smoking steady, tripping, get the sip and told them, listen, they ain't ready for the petty. When I dodge it, I stay ready, fatal humble, keep it heavy, stay low key. Call me shady, I ain't with it, I ain't with it. Tell them critics, I ain't with it. It was kind of hard for me to see. Dreaded pain turn to misery. Lack of love in the families. Jealousy from my enemies. I had to keep it going. Shoulder weight maxed out, keep it flowing. Uh. Then I rise above it. Bragging rights, longer nights, I put nothing for it. Chup, chup. All I need in this life is me. No stress, no pain, feel free. Look around, up and down, can't you see? All I need, all I need is me. All I need in this life is me. No stress, no pain, feel free. Look around, up and down, can't you see? All I need, all I need is me. Yeah. All I need, all I need is. Uh. Yo. Uh. Ain't nobody out here living for me. Ain't nobody out here living for me. Uh. Summertime lounging, good to go. Chillin' with the 
Chillin' at the beast, that's how we roll. I'm making sexy, baby. Make it sexy, make it super fly. I'm making sexy, baby. Make it sexy, make it fly. I'm making sexy, baby. Make it On the sun, propaganda for fun, run for us, run dream builders. Fly establishment clean with fresh kicks. Good evening, sunbathing where the money went. Harlem bars, Harley stars, two twisted Uber cars, stripper poles, diamond gold, church basket, tithing hole, private gyms, a salty ribs, a school to diamond, four friends, purple label, more stable, like coach, now you're able. Capitan, star stems, freaky hints. But yo, where the money, where the making sexy, baby? Make it sexy, make it sexy, baby. With heel dealers, lounging in the cut with the big willers, rocking clean whips and fresh kicks, hauling bars, holly stars, twisted Uber cars. Car ride by with the booming system, throwback by with a good detention. Lover who you are, don't be scared to mention. Chilling with my beats, no ill pretension. Catch the waves, that's a day, Sundays, fun days, ride days, play day, make money any day. Whatever you do, love it and be free. And remember, I'm making sexy, baby. It's 
a bad bitch Don't make a kid with a bad bitch Here's the pitch, scorn it Why they mad at your boy? Thought it was a toy I'm coming for the crown like it's the last in the world King and watch well Randy said, oh girl, never come for me Phone me, matter of fact, offers me It's a fact, you hoes is wet Here's the party, sit on it Take the crown, wear it, bitch Make me mad, cause you it The next superstar I'm the next superstar, yeah Never understand the struggle. What you had to juggle. Here's a muzzle. Finish the puzzle. You BC. I'm the muscle. I'm the muscle. Respect my hustle. Cause I'm a bad motherfucker from the 